It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. lot of fun there too um you can always reach out to me on the blue fox heating cooling hammerhead hotline at 765-447-4080 always love hearing from you at 765-447-4080 that is how you get a hold of me if you are stuck at work here today i feel you i'm right along with you why don't we have some fun let's talk some local sports let's get it started it is the need to know news here's your need to know news all right, let's start with your Purdue men's basketball team. Uh, as I told you yesterday, no problem here. Big win, 82-49 to 49 is that final. Told you that 36 is a little much, didn't I? Anyway, um, the win gives Purdue an 11-0 non-conference record, and it ran its regular season non-conference winning streak up to the nation's best 24 straight games. 13-0 start is the third most wins to start a season without a loss behind uh, the 9 squad, 9 squad, which was 14-0, and 93-94 was also 14-0. Brandon Newman had himself a game, 18 points off the bench. Looking real nice, Clark. Uh, also, Zach Eady, 14 points, 10 boards in his uh, 20-some-odd minutes that he got. We'll discuss it a little bit more on the Boiler Basketball Show, which comes up at 4 o'clock. Next up for this squad... A Monday night tilt in Mackey against Rutgers. They moved that game back to 7 so that you can enjoy the bowl game. It was originally scheduled for noon, but they moved it back 7 o'clock. It's the only Big Ten basketball game on Monday. And, uh, again, 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network. Other Big Ten hoops from last night. Northwestern beats Brown 63-58. to Penn State a 60-46 to winner over Delaware State. Hi, I'm in Delaware. Ohio State, 90. Alabama A&M, 59. Nebraska at home destroys Iowa, 66-50. That's the big shocker of the night. Look, it's a little bit of a shocker, but at the same time, it's not like you don't know what Iowa is. It is a team that shoots the ball uh, a lot. It can be very prolific. In shooting the ball, but if they have a bad night of shooting, they don't play defense. They can't win when they don't shoot well because they just play horrendous defense. That's exactly what happened to them last night as they lose 66 to 50. They shot just 25% from three, 26% from the field, and only had eight free throw attempts in that one. I mean, Nebraska beat them shooting 40%. That's going to happen to Iowa. Uh, Michigan gets upset.
by uh, four wins Central Michigan squad, 63-61 to in Chrysler. Maybe that is the upset of the night. Probably is. Maryland over UMBC, 80-64. Illinois says, nah, that couldn't be me. 85-52 over Bethune-Cookman tonight. Uh, a couple other uh, shake-the-rust-off matchups here. Buffalo at Michigan State. Wisconsin hosts Western Michigan. And Rutgers will host Coppin State in Jersey Mike's Arena. Purdue women not as fortunate as the men last night. They lose on the road to Iowa, 83-68. Laisha Petrie with 22 led the way for Purdue. Uh, you know, Caitlin Clark is pretty good. They held her to 24 points, one of the premier scorers in the country. Uh, women are back in Mackey New Year's Day. They take on Wisconsin in that one. According to Adam Scheffner, Colt McCoy in the concussion protocol for Sunday's game against the Falcons. What does that mean to you? Well, that means former Boiler David Blau will get the start against Atlanta. Blau last threw a pass in the regular season in 2020 when he was with the Lions. He has made five starts in 2019 for the Lions. He went 0-5 in those starts. In seven total games that he has played in, he has a 54% completion percentage, uh, over 1,033 yards, four touchdowns, and seven INTs. The Cardinals are starting their fourth different quarterback in five games. Pacers with a big win over Cleveland last night, 135 to 126. Tyrese Halliburton, who was uh, questionable into this one, ends up playing, scores 29 points. Buddy Heald, five of six from three. He hit his first three-pointer just three seconds into the game. That eclipses a record held by Reggie Miller. Miller did it in four seconds back in two thousand up next for the blue and gold paul george and company are in town this weekend uh, to take on the pacers big 10 football remains undefeated so far in their bowl schedule another win yesterday 28 to 20 minnesota uh takes down syracuse maryland's on their way to preserving that it is 13 to 9 in the duke mayo bowl uh, over NC State, there's 11 and a half minutes left to go, uh, 13 to nine, and uh, I believe, I believe Maryland just punted the ball away. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that one as well. I believe that does it. That's uh, that's need to know news for uh, this uh, Friday, December the 30th. All right, hey. Winner last night, right? Weren't we a winner last night on DraftKings Sportsbook? Absolutely we were. The uh, Pacer same-game parlay hits, so uh, we are good to go. Uh, Halliburton does play, but Buddy Heald, we said we wanted to go uh, at least four on him on the three-pointer, so he knocks that down. Donovan Mitchell uh, eclipses that 25 mark that we wanted, and so uh, we made ourselves uh, some money on that one. I gave you something else. What else did I give you last night? Oh, uh, yeah, you had to take the uh, puck line on the uh, on the Blackhawks game, right? So you took St. Louis, you made money on that. Let's finish up strong here, okay? First up, my friends over at DraftKings will give you a 50% boost for your college football bet for tonight. If you still want to get in on some college football, uh, we still have Notre Dame here, which kicks off in about uh, 20 minutes against South Carolina. They are a five-point favorite, Wyoming and Ohio. I I'm... I'm on Clemson minus four against uh, Tennessee. I, that's the one that I took here today. So you can go with that and get a 50% boost. Uh, they also uh, have yourself a college football same game parlay boost. Uh, and that can be just as easy as taking a, um, 
a team, and an over-under in putting those together. And get yourself a 23% boost on that today. And there's plenty of other great boosts out there for you as well. Uh, they'll give you a 100% boost on your same-game parlay in uh, the NFL on each game day this weekend. They will uh, also give you a 100% boost on an NBA game tonight for every leg that you add to your same-game parlay. Get a 100% boost. That's the way to do it. Uh, and uh, multiple ways for you to stack up those boosts over on DraftKings Sportsbook. Taking a look at what we got tonight uh, we're, we're a little thin here. I, look, college basketball is a little bit rough for me with these, uh, kind of rush shaking games. I mean, we're talking like some of those big 10 games in the, uh, what, like the twenties or so to try to cover. I just don't like that coming right off of the, uh, right off the holiday. It, it's tough to do. It's, uh, not out of the question. Michigan State 15 and a half. I haven't exactly exuded confidence lately. Uh, Wisconsin would be your best chance, I think, to cover. 20 and a half against Western Michigan. Rutgers, 25 points against Coppin State. I don't know that I like that. I tend to stay away from these ones as, uh, as soon as they come back because, like I said, they're trying to get back into the swing of things. Western Michigan's 319 in the Ken Palm. They're 329 on defense. Wisconsin should be able to score. They're a very slow-tempoed offense, too, ranked at 298. So that's kind of what they want to do. But I, I think I think there's enough possessions, and I think they play poor enough defense at Wisconsin. If you had to take one to cover, uh, it, it's it's them tonight. I don't want to mess with Rutgers this evening, although I, my gut tells me no. They're just big numbers. And, and Michigan State, what am I going to get out of them? You know at one point they're going to kick it in. I don't know if that's necessarily tonight. But, yeah, if you're going to take a Big Ten game tonight to cover, I, I would take Wisconsin. I, I am holding Clemson minus four here this evening uh, on top of that. I, the NBA's got a few games here. The Bulls are back in action. Uh, taking on Detroit. I didn't do a whole lot of research for that. You should, I mean, the Bulls should win that one, but it's minus 340. Maybe it's a leg for you tonight. But uh, that's the action tonight here uh, with my friends on DraftKings. So make sure you take, take advantage of those boosts. Don't leave that stuff on the table. All right, we're going to take a little time out here. Hang tight. We're going to come right back. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. Covering tons of sports here locally. We'll talk to him in a little high school, maybe a little bit about this uh, bowl game and stuff like that. Just hang tight. Sam's coming up next. We'll have some fun with him here on the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. 1017. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Let's go over to our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, talk to my good friend Sam King of the Lafayette Journal and Courier, who covers basically anything that's a sport these days. I think it has now fallen on to uh, Sam, who's doing a great job. Sam, always a pleasure to have you here, man. How you, how you holding up over there? Uh, I think I'm doing well. I'm trying to just... I uh, feel like every day I say if I can get through tomorrow, I'll be fine. But then there's always something the next day. But uh, as the sports cliche goes, I'm taking it day by day. 
I think you have to. You've got all the coaching situation that's been happening going into the bowl game. You've got uh, the number one basketball team in the country that you've been uh, covering here. And then we haven't even tapped into the high school stuff. It was going on through all kinds of holiday tournaments. Uh, we've even got an undefeated team here locally in, uh, in Harrison Boys Basketball that uh, uh, seems to be uh, doing pretty well uh, on top of that. Let's just start with high school. Um, you know, Harrison on this great run right now. Um, I, we know a lot of these athletes, especially from football. We talk about guys like uh, Walters and whatnot. But uh, put put this Harrison team in perspective here. Is this a, a front runner to win the NCC right now? You think, or uh, uh, is somebody else maybe in that conference going to sneak up and take that away from them? Well, I think Kokomo is probably the favorite. Uh, went to semi state last year, and, and Flory Badunga is six foot ten, six foot eleven, and is the scary thing is last year he didn't totally know how to play basketball yet for them and he's uh he's definitely figured it out and he's been a big time player uh for a team that's playing a, a tough schedule but uh credit to harrison 10 and 0 uh it's best start in, in probably i think more than two decades and uh had some challenges along the way beat uh i'm sorry my computer is going kind of nuts here uh as is my life right now but uh, <laughs> You know, beat West Lafayette in overtime in that Hoops Classic tournament in, in a tough game that had to had to find a way to grind it out. Uh, beat a gritty Lafayette Jeff team the week after that. And then uh, had to come back and beat Tri-West on the road. Never easy. And then goes to this Warsaw Classic this weekend or this week and uh, pulls out three victories, and two of those are down to the last play of the game, basically. So uh, Harrison is finding a way to win these close games, and uh, as you kind of would hope would be the case when you have a lot of uh, upperclassmen and players who have played together for a long time. So it's it's quite impressive to win 10 straight games no matter who you're playing, but the fact that they've played some pretty tough games and had to find a way to win, and beyond Ben Henderson, I don't know that there's a, an elite scorer on this team. It's been kind of a different guy every single night stepping up with 12 points, 10 points, 8 points, 6 points, and it's kind of down the line, and they they beat you with uh, with defense and then beat you with that depth and they just um, I know it's it's a cliche to say and, and Purdue uses it on their their shorts play hard um, Mark Reinhardt just expects his expects his team to to play hard and uh, beat you uh, kind of into submission with just wearing you down. I know on the uh, girls' side, you know Central Catholic is always going to be a force in uh, 2A. I know there's still a whole lot of buzz around uh, Faith and the, the couple of freshmen that they have that can uh, the score. Uh, what's it been like on the uh, girls' side? You've been able to get out and watch uh, any of those games lately? I've seen. Um, well, I saw through the Hoops Classic, and then I I saw Harrison's girls play uh, a couple weeks ago against McCutcheon, and w- that team is really impressive. I know uh, they are coming off a loss to Pike, I believe, yesterday. But uh, they've got, you know, a pretty good team that when they effectively run their press, uh, they can force some teams into careless mistakes, and that's what uh, Harrison has been able to do. Uh, the best team around these parts is probably Twin Lakes, just out, outside of the reach of your coverage area, I believe, uh, where the radio waves reach. But um, that team is really impressive. Uh, beyond that, it's kind of a hodgepodge of teams with West Lafayette, Benton Central, Harrison, Central Catholic, and then as you mentioned, Faith Christian uh, coming off a, a tournament win this week, I believe, um, makes the Eagles 14-3 and three, uh, against the best teams on, on Faith's schedule. They've kind of stumbled, the, you know, Carroll, Central Catholic, and I believe lost it to Tri-Central, but uh, pretty impressive from where that team was to be 14-3 and three right now. So 
a lot of excitement across the board, basically, in girls' basketball. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out as the season winds down. And you would have to think that uh, there's at least two or three teams in this county that could win a sectional championship. I, it blows my mind. I was looking at that Faith Christian, by the way, uh, their schedule and everything. They only have five more games left. I, I feel like this, the girls' basketball season goes by so insanely quick. I don't know what it is about it. Um, but it's hard to believe we're still in 2022, and we're like, yeah, there's just a handful of games left for a lot of these teams. Yeah, the sectional, uh, you know, it used to start uh, in February. I think it got moved up a week. It's been several years back now. All my years kind of blend together, but uh, it does make the season seem pretty short, uh, and Faith Christian has to turn around and play DeMott Christian, I believe, the team that just beat to win a championship, so they're going to play the same team in back-to-back games, but yeah, there's most of these teams have five, six, seven games left, and it's it's the sectional. And uh, so, you know, it's kind of t- go time now to, to prepare and find out what uh, what your rotation is going to be in the sectional when, when these things tend to get shortened up a little bit and you put your, your best lineup out there because you know you have to just win or your season's over. Talking with Sam King of the Lafayette Journal and Courier here on our Hammerhead Hotline. Let's transition to the number one team in the country, Purdue men's basketball. Uh, last night, a uh, big win over the uh, Rattlers of uh, Florida A&M. Um, look, it's a shake-the-rust-off kind of game, Sam. Uh, and uh, this is the last one before they head into Big Ten play. Rutgers on Monday. Um, h- how do you see them competing in the Big Ten this year? And uh, now that you've seen them compete in the non-conference, uh, who are some of the teams or uh, what kind of style play of teams do you think are end up going to give Purdue some problems once we get into conference play? Well, uh, Matt Painter talked about this after the game last night. He was asked, you know, are you the favorite or, or something in that regard? And, you know, people forget Purdue's 2-0 and in the Big Ten, beat Minnesota, won at Nebraska. Um, it's going to be tough. You know, Purdue was in the same exact situation a year ago won all of its non-conference games, and didn't win a, a conference championship. So um, it's definitely tough, and you know I think that Purdue probably is able to beat Rutgers here coming up on January 2nd because it's at Mackey. Um, but then you're talking about going on the road at Ohio State, going at Penn State where Michael Shrewsbury knows Purdue as well as any coach in the Big Ten. Um, so you get a couple of tough games back-to-back right there, and, and you know just in the month of January, you go to Michigan State, you go to Michigan uh, you go to Minnesota, and I know Minnesota's struggling, and I know that Michigan has a kind of a quizzical loss yesterday, but um, those are all going to be tough games just because it's tough to win on the road in the Big Ten. As you know, as volleyball coach Dave Shondell always says, uh, road wins in the Big Ten are like found gold. So um, you want to win as much of those as you can and then uh, take care of business at home. But I, I definitely think Purdue is right there in the mix uh, for our Big Ten championship. Um, a lot of basketball to be played and the thing that uh, hasn't been thrown into the equation yet uh, there's going to be injuries teams are going to lose guys you know Purdue had to play without Zach Eady last week against New Orleans which uh, I think was very good for that team because that's going to be something that, that's going to happen at some point Zach Eady is going to get a second foul early in a game or have three fouls early in the second half and uh, it's going to have to be a situation where Purdue finds out how to play uh, without him, uh, fortunately, Trey Kaufman Wren is, is starting to play the part. He's looking like the uh, guy he was touted to be coming out of Silver Creek High School. The last two games, he's been pretty impressive, um, and that's going to be big for them going forward. Caleb First is coming into his own, much more confident, I think. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's probably a whole handful of teams that you could point out and say that team could win a Big Ten championship, but right now, 
with Purdue being 13 and 0 and being the number one team in the country, I would imagine most would say maybe that's your favorite right there. Sam, you know, normally Coach Painter starts to pare this uh, rotation down by this time of the year. Usually, right before the holidays, uh, it goes uh, that that bench shrinks down to maybe seven or eight or so. But uh, I don't know that he can necessarily do that. I, I, there's just too many guys I think that have proven that they deserve the minutes here, uh, and it's obviously been working. They're the number one team in the country. On top of that. Uh, did, did he mention anything? Is he going to start to pare down the rotation like he traditionally does, or is he going to keep it as is for right now? Well, the thing he said multiple times here in the last couple of weeks is so-and-so deserves to play more, and it's a different guy every time he talks about it. Mason Gillis deserves to play more. Caleb First deserves to play more. Trey Kaufman Wren deserves to play more, so forth and so on. Um, and, you know, that's a luxury because you have so many guys that are so good uh, you can't play everybody. You only have 200 minutes in a game to disperse among your lineup. So um, I think at some point it's just going to be what works best against the team you're playing against. Uh, I would like to see David Jenkins kind of step up and, and be a scorer. You know, he, he's a guy that we're told can shoot. He hasn't shot it consistently this season. Um, you know, he, he was a backup point guard yesterday uh, for a bit. So I think they're trying to kind of find out different ways they can use him. Uh, Brandon Newman having 18 points last night I think was huge because that's a guy that I think last season probably lost his confidence a little bit it looks like and then at the end of the year wasn't even playing so uh, he's a guy that's going to have to step up and, and have games where he scores 15 points to help you win a ball game um, right now I'd imagine you know you're talking about the starting lineup and then you have uh, if they keep what they've been using with Ethan Morton, Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer Caleb First and Zach Eady, you have Mason Gillis is going to play minutes off the bench. Uh, Trey Kaufman Wren is going to play minutes off the bench. Um, I would imagine Dinkins will be a guy they use. So, uh, you know, that's eight right there. Um, and then beyond that, uh, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, the Brandon Newman. Um, hopefully he stays consistent for the Boilermakers and, and get some of those minutes. And, and now you're at nine. So um, at some point he's probably going to shorten this lineup and, and you know, make this rotation uh, – just the core guys, but it's hard to imagine who at this point because, like you said, so many guys have performed. We're talking with Sam King of the Lafayette Journal and Courier on our Hammerhead Hotline. You'll be heading down to uh, Orlando this weekend for the bowl game on Monday. Uh, what can you expect out of this game? I know a lot of fans are concerned because of the names that are in the portal. Uh, we talked with Tom Deanhart yesterday about you know those defensive line guys in the portal, but they're still playing. Um, but some of the big names that you're missing, you're starting quarterback, your your top two passing targets at wide receiver, tight end, Payne Durham, and uh, you know, and, and Charlie being out, um, you're missing your two best players on defense as well in that secondary. Uh, what should Purdue fans expect out of this game, and what worries the most in the matchup when you are going to be watching it on Monday? Well, the thing that people around here don't talk about, maybe nationally they do, or in Louisiana, they do. Uh, LSU has opt-outs as well. Two uh, two star receivers on that team are not playing. Three, I think, starting defensive linemen are not playing. So, um, who knows? At this point, you know, with college football being what it is in 2022, every bowl game has all these uh, NFL-bound prospects who don't play in the bowl game. So, uh, you know, it's probably a little bit concerning Purdue's offensive line without Gus Hartwig, um, without Spencer Holstege, you know, there's not a lot of depth there. Also, who kind of fills uh, some of those roles, and, and you can't afford an injury on the, on the offensive line. So um, what I would like to see happen, um, given the, the personnel that's going to be playing, is uh, maybe Purdue with LSU's defensive front being 
uh, out for this game, or at least the starters for most of the year. Um, establish the run game if you can early with, with Maccabee. And he had talked last week or two weeks ago about, you know, he really wants to get a thousand yards. He's, he's accomplished more than he ever thought possible at this point in, in his redshirt freshman season, obviously. And now he's 80 yards away from rushing for a thousand, which is an extremely rare feat uh, at Purdue. It hasn't happened since Corey Sheets did it in 2008. And I think it's only happened seven or eight times in the history of Purdue football. So that would definitely be something. And if you can get the ground game going early, that's going to open up things for Austin Burton to hit, you know, whatever guys might be playing and, and catching balls, Paul Pafiri, TJ Sheffield, Marshawn Rice, those guys. So um, I imagine that'll be huge. Uh, the key is going to be the defense, and, and especially when you talk about some inexperience out there, trying to stop uh, Jaden Daniels, the dual-threat quarterback for LSU, who's nearing 1,000 rushing yards, nearing 3,000 passing yards. Uh, I think that's probably the whole key to the ball game: is can Purdue stop him from getting going, you know, probably on the ground as well as through the air. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier, ain't a sport. It doesn't seem like he covers right now for the Journal and Courier, uh, and he does a great job. Still, uh, all the local high school stuff and, and, and bowl game and, and Purdue basketball. He's all over the place and working real hard for you guys here in the community. I, I know I appreciate it, Sam. I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate you peeling off a good. Uh, 10, uh, 15 minutes here to talk to us about these uh, things. Fans love to hear from you, and uh, you do such a good job, man. So uh, please keep up the good work. It's always, always a pleasure to have you on here, my friend. And safe travels this weekend down to Orlando, all right? All right, sounds good. Anything for you, belated birthday gift, we'll call it. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Take care of yourself, all right? All right, see ya. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. All right, we're going to take a little break. We'll come back, and uh, we got texts on the Blue Fox Eating and Cooling Hammerhead hotline to address, and lots more here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Big thanks to Sam King. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Always great to catch up with him. I, he's, uh, ever since Mike Carmen has left the Journal and Courier, uh, you know, he's uh, doing stuff over at goldenblack.com uh, now, too, helping out with, uh, uh, you know, with Brian dealing with uh, what he's dealing with. Uh, Sam has uh, gone from uh, Mr. High School and then also having, uh, you know, helping to cover uh, some Purdue stuff to basically, he's the guy. He's, he's the only guy. So uh, give him some love. You see him out there about town, man. The guy works so hard for you uh, here locally to tell these stories. So. Uh, always a pleasure to have Sam on. Uh, he's, a, he's a real good dude. Uh, Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline is always open to you at 765-447-4080 for your questions and your comments. Uh, we were talking uh, about uh, the opt-ins into the portal uh, when it comes to the bowl game. And uh, Phil texted in, can you explain the portal if a player entry uh, it does, if a player enters, does the college program have to bring them back if they cannot find another that is a good question I, I i this is what i do know about the portal now so when you are a player and you would like to go into the portal um you know the portal is just this it's this big database it's very basic it's got your info and stuff you can elect to be open in that or you can elect to uh, not have not be contacted when you jump in there uh, if you don't want to be contacted, it doesn't mean you're not interested in going any places. It's just you don't want to deal or be inundated with all the calls. You want to reach out and uh, make the uh, make the introduction, so to speak. Some players elect to do that. Not everybody does. When you go into the portal, at that point, the school that you are currently attending 
is no longer required to honor that player's scholarship. Even if a player enters the transfer portal and then withdraws their name, the current program is no longer obligated to honor the scholarship. But that's actually a good question, Phil. I wish I had the exact answer for you that they... Like if you if you were a Purdue player and you jumped in the portal, you can come back. Purdue wouldn't be required to give you your scholarship back. But to be honest with you, I don't know if they'd then have to hold you on like as a walk-on then at that point. I don't know how often that happens. And to be honest with you, I, I tried to look that up for you and see if I get a, a direct answer. I couldn't. But that's what I know about that. So, yeah, you jump in the portal, then all of a sudden coaches can contact you if you wish, or you can contact the coaches, or you can do both. It's up to you. But your school is no longer obligated to honor your scholarship at that point. Now, you can go out there and see if the grass is green or decide it's not. Go back and talk to your coach, and then they can take you back and give you your scholarship back, theoretically. But, you know, they're not obligated to do it. I, I I don't know that they're obligated necessarily to take you back onto the team if that's the case. That's a good question. I don't know how often that happens either. Now, I think that's kind of the dangers of the portal when you're going in there uh, is to uh, a lot of those guys get get lost in the uh, in the shuffle there. I get it. Not everybody comes out quick like uh, Spencer Holstedge did. Which, again, I, I have no problem with this portal. I, I really don't. I, I think it's something that's necessary um, because of how quickly coaches can change and situations can change at these universities. Uh, I, I think it's necessary the way that they do it now because um, it, it minimizes the tampering, I think as opposed to what it was, because now you have these windows where you're supposed to do it, and you just can't opt out in the middle of the season. I think it helps for the depth and everything of your squads. I just I, I like it in general. Now, I think it's kind of... I don't like the fact that you've got guys that'll go on three schools in four years type deal. That's concerns me a little bit. I don't know that's necessarily in that athlete's best interest to be jumping. Like JT Daniels is going on, what, is like fourth school in five years? Like, I know you want to play. I know you only have so much availability to play, uh, and you want to find the right circumstances for you. Um, but sometimes I would argue jumping between schools every year maybe is not the best thing for you and, and your long-term education. But then again, I, you probably you should have a better idea of what's best for you. I just would tell you that I don't see a whole lot of guys succeeding jumping from school to school every year. I think there's a reason for that. You know, Purdue will go out and they will get more transfers out of the portal to address these needs. I know, uh, like Sam said, very, very thin on the offensive line. Um, You will be thin on the defensive line uh, after the bowl game on top of that. And you just get exercise a little bit of patience here as Coach Walters continues to fill out the staff. I think it'll be a little bit easier to start bringing in some of these portal guys when they know who their position coaches are going to be. And there's just a lot to sift through, you know? So the whole staff has got to do some evaluating, and they got to make contact, and they got to see if there's any interest. I mean, they're trying to move fast. 
for everybody. And we talked to Tom yesterday about how, you know, there's these people on message boards and everything think that there's all this tampering that's going on with coaches that may, you know, are probably going or we know are going to Louisville after the bowl game. Um, and that, you know, maybe this new coaching staff should just take over. I, I just, um, I'm not interested in that. One, because like we had Tom yesterday and he, Tom said, I, I don't think it's this widespread tampering thing going on with those coaches. And two, you want Coach Walters, Coach Kane, and Coach Harrell, you want all those guys evaluating, all their time evaluating on what they have, what they need, and then going out and hitting the portal um, and, and trying to get these you know, players in. That's, that is the best use of their time right now. It sounds a little cold to say this, but I, I really don't care about the bowl game. The bowl game win would be nice. I will root for the Boilers. I want to see them win the bowl game. But in the grand scheme of things, with the direction the program is going in here, whether or not you know this bowl game would be a win or not is really inconsequential to what the future of this team is going to be. And so if I can give more time to Coach Walters and company to work on that and, and not take them away by playing a bowl game, which, again, isn't... It's going to benefit some players. It's going to get them some exposure and stuff. It's going to give them the reps and, and make some of the players better. But in the grand scheme of things, is that worth uh, you know all that time and maybe jeopardizing the immediate future? I, I'm just not with it. We've got plenty of stuff to discuss on the bowl game. Kyle Charters and myself starting at 1030, Boiler Game Day on Monday. And then we will have coverage of the uh, Cheese at Citrus Bowl. We'll have that game right here on our Airways on 1017 The Hammer on Monday. It's going to be a great, great day to be a Boilermaker. I can feel that. And then you got that 7 o'clock uh, tip-off against Rutgers on Monday night. It's going to be a big Boiler day on Monday. Looking forward to it. We're going to take another time out. We'll come back. The things that we missed and more are on the way. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. We're back on the Hammer Down Show 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com Last uh, weekday in 2022. Uh, big thank you for you guys tuning in. Sam King on a little bit earlier. We'll get this whole show posted up for you in just a little bit. 1017TheHammer.com Our Spotify uh, Twitter, Facebook, and you know, all those great stuff. Uh, let's get into some of the things that we may have missed. What an incredible story from Blaine Gabbard. Have you heard this? So he's on the he, he's on the Tampa Bay squad technically. So Blaine is out with his two brothers on jet skis. It's uh, a little bit chilly out there, but it's Tampa, and there's a helicopter crash in the water. Him and his brothers rescued four people from this helicopter crash into the ocean with their jet skis. Kept them calm. Got some of them on the land. This is mind-blowing. He says, I was expecting worst-case scenario once I pulled up and realized it was a helicopter. Called 911 immediately. I tried to get them on the jet skis as fast as I could to get them out of the water because it was pretty chilly. The pilot remained in the water, held on a Gabbard's jet ski. As uh, the Tampa Police Marine Unit arrived, Gabbert was able to gently guide him onto the boat, which is about 250 meters from the beach. He got others over to the beach. Officers are calling it a pretty impressive feat. This is an amazing story, and... and like his bo- <laughs> the general manager of the Bucks hit him up like 30 minutes later and said, 
did you just save people from a helicopter crash? He said, yeah, how'd you hear about it so fast? It's, uh, it's an amazing story. Cool for, uh, this, is, uh, this is great, man. I can only imagine the feeling of going out and, and saving people's lives like that. Good for him, good on his brothers. That's, that's a hell of a story. Absolutely hell of a story. Uh, and then finally, I know it's not sports related. But I feel like there's a real lesson for all of us in this. If you're like me, you're probably not. But if you're like me, you probably saw the story between a 19-year-old girl, Greta Thornburg, and some guy named Andrew Tate yesterday. I don't know who these people are. I think I've heard of the, the Greta girl once. I've forgotten about her. I had no idea who this guy was. Kickboxer, influencer, people think that he's kind of a jerk, whatever. I don't care about the politics of this. Long story short, these two traded barbs, and then Tate, because of the posting, apparently, police were able to figure out where he was at. He was wanted in this human trafficking thing in Romania, where he was uh, apparently has a home. And they figured out he was there because of the video that he had to go fire back, going back and forth with this uh, with, with this girl on Twitter, and, and got arrested. All of that aside, I feel like there's a real lesson here for us in the social media age. And that's before you go and, and pop off on this thing, maybe ask yourself, do I have to tweet this? Do I have to send this? If I don't send this, what happens? I think it's a great idea for all of us. Now, I, I just, did you really need to get into it with a 19-year-old girl on climate stuff that you don't know, you don't hang around with? Do you really need to do that? So many of us will just tweet things at celebrities, sports personalities, and things of that nature that are very, very negative. They're aggressive. And so many times we see this where you get retweeted, you get dunked on, now here comes supporters of them, and it's a big fight, and it never ends well. I hope in 2023 you try to be a a little bit more positive, but before you fire off that last comment, tweet, whatever it is, maybe just pause for a second. Think it through. What happens if I don't tweet this? What happens if I don't make this comment? What happens if I do? Just take a moment. I hate that the internet has to tell me who these... I I don't care about either of these people. I don't want to know who these people are. Gosh, I'm getting old. But I'll tell you this. In this day and age, I think that's a lesson there. Let me think about that before you fire that off. Is it really worth it? You really want something bad to happen to you over that? I guarantee 99 times out of 100, you're like, I no, it's not. So just take a beat. Think about it before you fire it off next time. All right, that's going to do it for us on the Hammer Down Show. Hang tight. Coming up next, uh, we're going to do the uh, Purdue Basketball Show. We'll have Alan Carpick from GoldenBlack.com joining. Uh, we'll have Nate Barrett joining us as well. Jeff Julik uh, and myself will put on a, a great little show for you. It'll be an hour of nothing but boiler basketball and Big Ten basketball talk 
And uh, that is coming up for you here next. So stick around. We've got the Boiler Basketball Show on the way. We will have this uh, show uh, posted up in its entirety. 1017thehammer.com, the 1017thehammer mobile app. Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google, Apple Podcasts, all those great places. Enjoy your New Year's. Be safe. We're back on Tuesday with the Hammer Down Show. In one-